Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Good morning, guys. How you doing? You guys live out there? I like that. I like some energy. So, hey, on the Easter... Got these cards, okay? So somebody had a great idea. This is Brian. Uh, I don't know if he's in the house in here, but he had this great idea. Hey, he said, go through McDonald's and then buy the meal by, behind you and give him a card to the lady and they'll pass it to the person on. They said, great way to buy somebody at church. Man, that's it. Cross your love. That's how it all started the cross your love was acts of random kindness. And so I would encourage you to do that. Uh, one time I, I got pulled over by a cop uh, and that never would happen for me ever. And um, just one time that day. And... Uh, <laughs> Rainbow cops, they like me. I don't know what the deal is. They usually are like, oh, that's cool, man. And so um, they let me off, and he's like, hey, it's good. So I pulled in the Culver's, and he pulls up behind me. I'm like, man, I'm going to buy this guy's meal because he didn't write me a ticket. So that's awesome. So I paid for his meal, and, you know, you invest in things, I guess they come back around. So my wife got pulled over, teaching to pick on me. So she, she gets pulled over in Hubak Hill, and she's going like 97, or I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was like 100. No. No, she wasn't going that fast. She gets pulled over, and uh, he's like, see your license, and, you know, okay, here it is, and looks at it and says, Petrie. You know Sean Petrie? It's like, yeah, that's my husband. He bought me Culver's one time. Have a nice day. <laughs> so you never know. You never know what's going to happen. So I encourage you, man, get that card out, pass it to somebody. Um, it's an incredible time. You can, you can get somebody to Easter, you know? You can bring somebody to Easter. They, people love, you know, just, I don't know what it is. It's just tradition. Um, but, you know, it's an incredible time just to see somebody experience your life in Christ. And so I encourage you to bring somebody out. We've got people in our family are inviting, uh, people at Lowe's, people across the city. So anyway, we're continuing our series called Jesus and We. And so we're talking through value statements in our church. And so um, we're just going to dive in. Uh, last week we talked about bold faith. We talked about have bold, courageous faith, that we're, we're going to have small thinking, that we're going to be uh, unwilling, that we'll be willing to take steps of bold faith and dream big vision for God. And so this week, we're going to dive into one of my uh, most passionate vision statements. We're going to talk about bold faith and sharing Jesus. So we're going to go out there. We're going to talk about crossing lines. We're not going to draw lines to keep people out of church. We're going to cross lines to bring people into church. This may be a foreign concept for a lot of, I might be offending some people today because we're gonna step out of the normal to reach people that nobody is reaching or do things that no one is doing. So we're gonna cross lines. Can you say cross lines? Does anybody like crossing lines? I'm one of those guys, like I'm a rule breaker just by heart, you know, I mean, that's a sinful nature, right? But I'm, I'm like, let's cross that line. So uh, we always say this, we have no sacred cows except for we have a, no sacred cows. That's our sacred cows. There's no sacred cows. So uh, we, we are willing to say, hey, let's try that for Jesus. Like a petting zoo on Easter for Jesus. I mean, petting zoo. Uh, yeah, they're, they're for Jesus, you know, in Jesus' name, petting zoo. I mean, what is it, you know? So we're all about reaching people far from God. This church exists for those that aren't here. It exists for people who, who have never heard the name of Jesus or had a bad experience growing up in church. We call it the D-church, unchurch, burn church, you name it. Whatever it is, we want the best for people. And so our eyes aren't on ourselves this season. They're on what God wants. And so we're going to jump in into Mark's gospel, chapter 2. And uh, it's going to be kind of at the end and the beginning of the chapter. But I'll give some context to the verse we're going to jump into. And so Jesus heals this guy. And there's a tax collector named Matthew. You might know him as Levi in the chapter. And he says, hey, why don't you follow me, tax collector, this sinful tax collector. And Jesus calls him and says, hey, follow me. And to the Pharisees and religious leaders' surprise, Matthew does. 
He follows Jesus, and he actually hosts this giant party, and there's some sketchy people. You know what I'm talking about. You had that party, and there's sketchy people there. Well, that's who Matthew had. So these kind of unrighteous, sinful people show up, and the Pharisees are asking the question, well, why is Jesus eating with these sinners? Why, why is Jesus eating with all these people that he says that he loves people, he is the, the Messiah, that he's eating with sinners? It makes no sense. And so Jesus is going to give an answer, and this answer is super controversial. Matter of fact, it's so controversial, it's still controversial today. Like Jesus is about to make a bold statement that will change how we see church and how we love people. So why does Jesus eat with sinners, just prostitutes, the broken, the outcast? Why does Jesus do this? It says in Matthew 2, verse 17, it says, On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. That's about to have some heresy here, because if there's religious people in the house, it's going to be like, oh, my hair's going to go crazy right now, right? Hope you're not here. If you're here, it's great. God's going to bring some conviction. But it says this, I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. This is such an emotional verse that Jesus didn't come to help people who don't need help. Jesus didn't come to heal the righteous people. He came for people who are sinners. Thank God, right? Thank God, because like, I'm a sinner, Every day I do things short of God. Everything I do things that sin against God. And so Jesus came to heal the sick. Not those that think they are already good, but those people who know that they are sinners. You know, I was in youth ministry uh, in college. I, I did an internship in Wabash, Indiana. Um, and that's how many people from Indiana right there. Wabash. Yeah, it's that cool too. And so it was a small church. And I showed up and the only goal for me being there for the three months was really just grow the youth group. Grow the youth group, see if we can afford a full-time person. So I came out, it's my uh, junior into senior year of Bible college, and we're walking in the first day and into youth ministry, like so excited, like, man, we're going to rock the world for Jesus. And I got to the youth group, and it was like the size of probably this part of the stage, you know, had like those flip-over pool tables, little small, like one-inch, you know, pool balls. And there's four kids. I'm like, okay, we're going to rock the world Jesus with four kids, you know. And I got my transparency, so it's all going down today. Um, that's old school. Anyway. So I'm showing up, and I'm like, man, we got to grow this. So we start reaching out. We start seeing people come to Christ, and the youth group explodes, and they tear down the wall, and they move stuff. And, you know, we run 40 kids. And, you know, most of these kids don't know Jesus, right? Like, most of these kids are just off the street. I'm like, dude, this is what it's all about. And so we end up going to camp. And, uh, and going to camp, how do you say this? We brought 27 kids, but probably 20-ish didn't know Jesus, right? So we brought a bunch of kids just like, hey, we're going to do our thing, but they're experiencing God. And so these kids are coming to Christ and making decisions, and the whole time there's this kind of like undertone from the leadership, like, man, I can't believe you're bringing these unsaved kids to camp. And so Thursday night at camp, the youth pastor there that's transitioning out, he pulls me aside, and it was one of those camps where like the women slept over here and the guys slept over there, like really far away, and then you met in the middle. You, you probably don't know what I'm talking about because it's so weird. And it's not like different houses, it's like different acres, you know. So anyway, it's two in the morning, and he pulls me out of bed and says, hey, we need to talk, and okay. Um, he just tells me, hey, I've been doing camps for 17 years, and it's the worst camp I've ever been to. And there were some kids that, like, you know, got in somebody's luggage and took a candy bar, and I was like, okay, you know, whatever. Um, and he just goes on to kind of ream me out, tell me that we just don't bring unsaved kids to camp. We just don't do this. And so that's one perspective, I and mean, that's one way to see Christianity, you know. And I saw it different, you know. I saw teens that needed help. I saw people that were lost, I see people that probably grew up a certain way and got stuck in the same sins, maybe just did the same thing their parents did or maybe did the same thing their friends did, and they needed something different, right? They needed some kind of hope. They needed, they needed a, a, somebody to follow, and they're looking for answers. They're searching. They're going to drugs. They're going to alcohol. They're going to different things. They're, they're doing things that just look like the world looks like. I don't know why that's a shock. And so I'm like, man, we got to love these people when we're going to camp. And so I asked him, I said, on the 
17 years we've been doing camp, how many people have come to Christ? We well, said, so, well, nobody came to Christ. We don't bring people who aren't Christians. And I mean, I was pretty fired up, so I'm going to say what I said, and I might offend somebody, but I said, hey, man, this is the best damn camp you've ever been to. <laughs> because we had 10 of our kids come to Christ this week, so I don't care what you think about it. Like, this is the best camp. This is the best camp you've ever had. And so we're here at 2 in the morning just, like, firing off, and I'm like, yeah, whatever, man. It's no big deal. Like, these, these lives are forever changed, you know? And it's like, I cannot believe how narrow-minded it is. Like, you wouldn't want unsaved kids to know Jesus. Like, I get it. There's problems. It's kind of like that. And I just want to encourage you, like, our church is like that. Like, our church is for people who aren't here. We're here for the unchurched. Like, that's what we're here for. Like, it's not about us. It's not about us feeling good and being comfortable and, like, having our holy huddle. It's about the people who aren't here at church. And so our church was born out of that very desire to reach people that are far from us. I mean, I grew up in church, and when I was in, I mean, starting high school, when I was in college, I went to a church that's real traditional. You know, you may like the pews. It's like, man, like, they're the most uncomfortable seats on purpose, so you stay awake. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I wasn't cool enough to have a, a pew cushion, you know what I mean? I didn't have that cool stuff, and at least there was, like, some padding, right? And then, you know, it's like, hey, you get the hymnal out, and you turn to a number, and they always sing, like, the first, second, and fourth verse, you know? It's like, what's this third verse? Like, I've never even heard of this, you know? I mean, like, what is going on? And, and like, it's a good Sunday. Like, you're like, man, this is good. Like, this is good preaching, some good stuff. And then the next week, you come back, it's like, man, it's really good, you know? And, like, I'm bringing somebody, and you bring somebody, it's like, this is a weird Sunday. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The weird Sunday happened, like, all, all of a sudden, the tambourine comes out, you know what I'm talking about? It's like, just like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, what, what, what happened last Sunday? I mean, what's going on, you know? And then the special offering, right? They, like, lock the door and, like, hey, recollect the money for this and this and this and that and this and that. And, hey, repass it. And I was like, whoa, okay. Man, my friends are getting weirded out by this a little bit, you know? You know what I'm talking about. You, you've probably been there, right? I mean, I remember one time we had a, a I mean, this is back in college. A, I mean, I love quartets, but these guys, man, this kind of the big saucer eyes, the, the sweat, and this was disheveled, and I was like, not singing good, and it's like, everybody's like, yeah, I love Jesus. I was like, dude, man, man, my friends aren't going to come to this, dude. My, my parents, my brother, my, my, they're going to be like, what is going on? Like, I'm all for this, but like, we got to do a little better. And we all experience that at some point, you know, like you get the preachers that preach with Jesus with three syllables, you know what I'm talking about? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you know, it's like, what? Do you, do you order like that at McDonald's? Big Mac. <sighs> I mean, who does that? Like, I mean, it worked. It worked back then. All right? it's, it's different. It's different, you know? But I just want to encourage you. We want every week at our church to be a great week to bring somebody to know Jesus. You know what I mean? We want every week to be that week where, like, I could bring somebody. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. It's going to be good. It's not going to be a weird week. It's going to be a good week. That's why every week we present the gospel. Every week, every time we gather, we're going to present the gospel at Jesus because we know people come and they give church one shot. We're going to say, man, we want them to know Jesus. Every single week, we're going to do it. Every time, every gathering, we're going to preach the name of Jesus. You know, we, we made a commitment when we launched a church that we'd give God the same amount of time to fix somebody's life as Satan did jacking it up. That's different. That's different. Like, we know it takes time for the Holy Spirit to move. We don't expect somebody to raise their hand and all of a sudden, you know, come forward and then recommit their life and start giving and, you know, be a church. It's like, hey, you know, give them a minute. Let the Holy Spirit do some work. And so we, we just encourage you, like, as you bring people to church, like, we're all for people. God takes time. There's stuff in my life every day I do that falls short. There's stuff in my life that every single day I'm not good at. Every single day. And for all of us in the room, we all have that same thing in our life. And so our mission is to see people far from God discover real life and purpose in Jesus. So I want to show you a powerful story of four guys in Mark chapter 2. 
And so if you check it out, it's in uh, verses one through five, it says this. And a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. And since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof. They made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat that the man was lying in. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. I want you to notice the first thing is that Jesus heals this, doesn't just heal this guy, he gives him his biggest need, his spiritual need, that his sins are forgiven. He didn't say, take up your mat and walk. He said, hey, your sins are forgiven. Jesus always seen past just the, the physical. And so I want to talk to you today about the value that we have for people, that we, blo- we love all people, that we don't draw lines to keep people out, but we cross lines to bring people in. We'll do all things to reach unchurched people. It's our desire to make it hard for people to go to hell by easy for them to go to church. Like we're going to cross some lines. Like we want to make it easier for people to experience Jesus. Like we want to be the hands and feet of the cross. And so we say this, we'll do anything short of sin. Anything short of sin to reach somebody for Jesus. Now, how true is that for you? Like, how is that true for my life? And so I want to give you a little challenge. We talked about last week. We had a little scale of one to 10. It was pretty simple. And so one would be like, okay, I'm completely apathetic. Like, I'm not for reaching people. I don't really do that a whole lot. And like 10 would be like, man, I'm on fire for Jesus. Like, I'm just tearing it up. There's like a revival happening behind me. And so I want to encourage you to think through this just a little bit. So if you say you're like a six, seven, eight, nine, like you're like way up on the list, then last week, let's just go back like seven days, you probably had a, like a faith conversation, right? Like, you led somebody to Christ, like, you were preaching the gospel, like, you had that moment, like, the Holy Spirit, like, man, and you just took it, and you're, like, winsing the people. You've led people to Christ in your past. Like, you have that kind of, like, thing about you. It's like, man, they're a soul winner. Like, you just know how to reach people. You, it's just on your heart all the time. You've been praying this last week. There's somebody in your life you're praying for for Easter, somebody praying that their lives be changed. Maybe you invited somebody to church last week. Maybe you came with somebody to church, right? You brought, you brought them to church, like, that's what it would be like to have, like, this high level of boldness with evangelism. That's what it would look like. And maybe the other side of the spectrum, maybe down, like, to a two, three, four level, maybe, you know, it's been a long time since you led somebody to Christ, right? Or maybe you're just like, man, I've never done that. That just hadn't, hadn't been that opportunity, or I didn't really feel like God's put on my heart to do that. And maybe you'd say my prayer life just hadn't been there. Like, I haven't really prayed for those people I used to pray for. I haven't prayed for that person specifically. And maybe you'd say I've, just nev- I've actually never prayed for somebody to know Jesus. Like, that just wasn't on my heart. That just, I just hadn't done that. And so I just want to encourage you, if it's been a long time since you brought somebody to church that doesn't know Jesus, because it's cool to invite your church friends. It's like all those cool conversations. But when you bring somebody that don't know Jesus to church, it changes everything about church, doesn't it? Like, I hope this is the best Sunday they ever had. You know, I don't, the music is on, the preaching's on. Sean, you better do a good job. I'm bringing my friend today. Like, it better look good. The coffee better taste good. Don't give me some watered-down stuff. I want some good stuff. My friend's coming today. It changes everything about your life. And so I want to encourage you. I mean, if you're down low in the spectrum, I just want to encourage you. That's not where God wants you to be. It just isn't. Like, we're the mouthpiece of God. We're the mouthpiece of God. Like, we're, we're, the, we're, the, we're the thing that people see. Like, we're following Jesus and encouraging people to follow us. Like, we are the book of the Bible to many people. They're not going to see Jesus, and they're going to read us. And so we're here to point people to the cross. And so I encourage you to make that a priority in your life. And to do that, here's what it looks like. How do you love people to the cross? Like, how, do you, how does this play out in your life? So I have a two points for you. One is this. One is you've got to bear some burdens. You've got to bear some burdens. 
Okay, you gotta care for people when they hurt. So it says in Matthew 2, verse three, it says, some men came bringing to Jesus a paralyzed man carried by four of them. You know, they just didn't invite this guy to Jesus, right? Like, hey, Jesus is gonna come. He's gonna be down at the house over there if you wanna like get some buddies and bring you over. Like, dude, there's a Hillsong conference coming in town, man. You gotta be part of that, you know what I mean? Like, hey, come to church sometime. Just come to church. Now, these guys, these guys didn't like just want to bring him to Jesus. They brought him to Jesus, like that was, the, they were gonna do it. It was like a must. It was like not an either or. It's like, no, you're coming. Like, I'm paralyzed. Like, you're coming. Get over it. Like, too bad. You're paralyzed. That's why the story's I'm scared. It's not the only reason, okay? But these guys brought this guy to Jesus. It wasn't like a, an option. It wasn't a choice. Like, man, I'm gonna show you the cross. I don't know how I'm gonna get there, but I'm gonna get there. Like, I'm praying for you. I'm pursuing you. Like, it's not an accident that you're gonna know Jesus because it's all a mission. And so, one of the biggest problems I have today in witnessing is that we just like drive by evangelism, you know? Like we hang the sign up. It's like, man, Jesus loves you. How about you? And John three sixteen, and that's cool. You know, I mean, that's that. I mean, that. I don't know if it worked for anybody, but it, it's cool. It's cool. You, I love your heart. I, mean, I love the passion. But you can't lead people to Jesus without a relationship. It doesn't work that way. Like leadership's all about relationship. Like if you're not willing to invest, you're gonna have a hard time inviting. Like if you're not willing to get a little dirty, you're gonna have a hard time getting somebody to church. You're gonna have a hard time showing Jesus somebody if you don't show that you love them. You can't, you love them. You know, you got so many times that people witness, they drive by and it's like a negative thing, right? Like you've seen the guys out carrying the crosses. It's kind of like turn or burn kind of thing. You're like, oh, okay. You know, I'm getting hot now. Like I'm going to go bum rush this guy for Jesus. I'm going to hurt this guy for Jesus. Like, do you not do anything for the kingdom, man? That's not working. So I want to encourage you not just to invite somebody, but to bring somebody, to invest in somebody, to, to get your hands a little dirty, to get out there, to, to invest, even just the McDonald's meal, just invest in the McDonald's meal, um, just invest somebody for Jesus. And I believe that God's gonna change your life through that. You know, it's this idea of like, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. Like, just follow me. Come on, dude, let's go. I'll be there at the 10. Be at the 10. I'll see you at 10. Be there, sit next to me. You gonna be there? You gonna be there? I'll be there. You better be there. I told you to be there. You'll be there. I mean, you know, you gotta do that kind of stuff. You gotta kind of hustle a little bit. And I just wanna give you some encouragement. There's some guys in our church who have done just an incredible job just reaching people. Um, we've had just a lady in our church that has been just hurt in different ways, and there's a couple that stepped up, and they're helping with, like, you know, recovery, you know, just drug recovery, different stuff, and all of a sudden they get some connections and find out, hey, there's somebody in our church that's fostering the, their kids, her kids that are taken away by the state just through all this drug and stuff, and it's your life is being turned around, and she's like, dude, this church is, like, playing a big difference in my life. And so I had a conversation with this lady this week, just randomly. I was out, like, measuring her house, and she didn't know I was out there. I was like, I'm just going to see how it takes. That's weird to measure somebody's house without them knowing. But um, it's just what it was. So I was like, man, I need to know how big this roof is. And we're trying to look at some stuff. And so I was trying to be, like, little sneaky. It's not the borner we're doing stuff. So anyway, anyway, we had the conversation. And she's like, hey, you know what? Um, you know, I've been clean for seven months. And I said, man, that's so cool you're doing that. And she goes, I said, you know, you ever struggle on stuff? She said, yeah, but, like, why would I go back to drugs when God's doing all this crazy stuff in my life? Like, why would I go back to that? And, I, and it's like, because you're willing to get dirty, right? Because you're willing to like say, man, it's just not about me. Like, it's not about me. And so often, like, we're, we're this crowd, right? Like, here's Jesus, this awesome Jesus back here. We're like, oh, dude, that's cool, Jesus. So good. So good, Jesus. I know people are trying to get in the house, but that's awesome, dude. Selfie, selfie. Hashtag more than a carpenter. Yeah, I love you, Jesus. That's awesome. This is great. And we know, we know the words like sanctified and justified, and we're, we're, we're made, we're holy, we're righteous, we're set apart. We got all these Christian dance songs, all this stuff. And there's the people out here that are trying to get in, right? And there's people behind us that can't see Jesus because we're so focused in our own walk with Jesus, like our own faith story, that we forgot there's other people that need Jesus. And so it's all focused on us. And by our words, like our heart says we love people, but our words are like saying, hey, I don't think you really need Jesus. 
Like it's so easy for a church to be about itself. I'm not saying our church is or you are. I'm just saying it's so easy. It's so easy to have the holy huddle. You know, it's funny, like so many times in church, it's like, man, how come the church is more passionate about the huddle than the play? You know, I mean, so many times at church, it's like, man, we love the huddle, love the huddle, but the play isn't here. The play is out there. Like with, with my dad doesn't know Jesus, my brother doesn't know Jesus. Like that's the play God's calling us to, but we're like so focused on the huddle. Like here's the huddle, right? Like here's, it's comfortable, it's easy, but we gotta get out, you know? We gotta go, we gotta like run that, play. take some hits, you know? Like God's not calling us to the huddle. God's calling us to win. God's calling us to win some souls. God's calling us to, to get out of what's comfortable. And so for us, we gotta give our heart back to Jesus and say, man, I just love people. We just gotta love people where they're at. We're gonna be after people. I mean, it's gonna be, it's gonna be hard, right? It's gonna be hard to break away from like the Christian things we do because do we invite somebody along with them? Like, are we mentoring somebody? Are we investing in somebody's life, you know? I mean, so many of you that lead the way there is making a difference for Christ because you spend the time just with people. God just brings those opportunities and you're willing to say, yeah, let's do it. And it takes some sacrifice. It takes some time. It takes some money. It takes some effort. And so I just want to be careful that we're not about the huddle, but we're out the play. Does that make sense? We're not, we're not about the huddle. We want to be about the play that God has for us. So you got to bear some burdens. What does it look like? you got to listen. Like, people are hurting. People are hurting all around us. We just got to listen. We just got to have an open ear and say, hey, can I pray for you? Can I listen to you? You know, some people, you know, you show up to the baby shower. <laughs> that was not popular. Okay, cool. You know, <laughs> baby shower, yes, for Jesus. I mean, be involved in people's lives, you know. There's people in our church that go through times of loss. You know, people in their family or somebody that loved one passes away. Hey, show up. Send them some flowers. Give them a call. Go to the funeral. Go to the visitation. Be a part of somebody's life. Just make a way, just show up, be there. Simple stuff, right? Uh, maybe they're sick, you bring a meal. Maybe just get on the phone, but how's praying for you, man? Just God put you in my heart, and I'm just praying for you. And it's amazing when you make yourself available that God will use you. You know, it's just amazing what God did with this young lady. I mean, it's unbelievable that she was addicted to drugs, and that God's using people in our church, and God built this story, and it's all because they're willing to say, hey, I'm willing to step out myself. Like, I'm willing just to get into the mess and the muck. I have no idea what she, what's going to happen, but we're going to serve. And all of a sudden, her heart's different because she's like, man, these people love me. These people, these people took their time away from what, and say, hey, Kate, Kate you got to get to Jesus. <laughs> get over here. <laughs> You're going to Jesus. You're like, go to Jesus. Okay, don't do it that way. But it could work. It Maybe evangelism for somebody, right? Um, but it's incredible what God does through that. And so the second thing is this, that we got to break some rules. we got to break some rules. Anybody like to break some rules? You don't have to raise your hand. I already know who you are. You've already told me and said, this is what I want. I'm just kidding. I love you guys. But I love to break the rules. You know, I'm just being dead honest with you, just like super straight. Man, I never waited 30 minutes before I went swimming after I ate. That did not happen. We had an in-ground pool. Like, I'm eating, my potato chip bag is floating on that water. You know what I'm talking about? I can tell you which sodas float and which ones sink. You know, I know. It's just what it happens, right? Like, you know, every, you know, this is, I'm going to make fun of our, our, our kids, our kids pastor a little bit, you know. You may have heard of cutting cookies. One, two, three, four, four, five, maybe four. Okay, so this is a donut. Everybody know what a donut is in the car? Okay, there we go. So she's got all messed up. She's like, cutting cookies. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, where are you from? Cutting donuts, all right? I love doing donuts. I, mean, I don't know what it was, but I actually ran out of gas. In my bro- I love doing donuts in my brother's car. That's way better, right? Because I'm not gonna mess my car up. I ran out of gas in the church parking lot somewhere. I'm not gonna tell you where. Spring Valley Baptist Church off of 75th Street. <laughs> Doing donuts before this car to walk home and get some gas because we're doing so many donuts. I just love I love lighting stuff on fire. Like I don't know why my brother's hair caught on fire. We poured gas in the driveway, lit on fire. Cops came out, fireworks. Shouldn't do that. All this stuff. Like I'm a pyro. You just don't get your kids around me. I'm gonna teach them bad things. You know. Like I love breaking the rules. Like it just 
I don't know why, but this, this is the same thing these guys did in, in the Bible. In Mark chapter two, it says, these four guys massively broke the rules. They crossed the line. It says this in uh, verse four, it says, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof and Jesus, by digging through it, and they lowered the man that, down that he was laying on. And so don't miss this. They dug through the roof. And if you don't know what the roofs are made of, it's like obviously got some timber, some thatch, but they use manure. That's fun. So literally, literally these guys came through and they dug through manure to get somebody to Jesus. And I'm just gonna tell you something. When you're gonna get somebody to Jesus, you're gonna go through some manure. Somebody, please don't hashtag that or post that. Like, <laughs> don't hashtag that. I said not to hashtag that, okay? So, but you're gonna dig through some stuff. I mean, it's not easy. When you get around people, you're gonna do things and be like, that's ah, not fair, it's not right, I can't believe. Oh man, I'm so hot. Like, yeah, you're gonna have that. You're gonna feel defeated. You're gonna feel like, it's like, you're gonna feel like it's impossible but God's gonna use it. And so all of a sudden they start tearing the roof off this house. Like, I'm just gonna get them to Jesus. And all of a sudden they look down, they're staring down the hole and there's, here's Jesus and there's the owner of the house cussing them out. Like, why, I don't have a skylight. And these guys looking down, well, we don't care what you're thinking. All right, somebody grab a leg, you grab an arm and you grab the other leg. Okay, here we go. And, oh, dang, we still have six feet to go. That was about as good as it gets, guys. You ready? One, two, Three, boom, lands right there on the floor. You know, they're thinking like, he's already paralyzed. Like, he's not gonna get more paralyzed. Jesus got the work, he's gonna take care of it. It's not a big deal, just throw him out there. It's just crazy that the, the, the length that they go to to bring this man to Jesus. You know, so many times we think the obstacles are supposed to stop us. That there's just, there's just but God's will, you know, this isn't the plan, is there something in the way? It's like, no. Just find a way around it or just tear it off. Just go right through it to bring somebody to Jesus. You know, we want a church full of people like this. I remember when we launched and, uh, um, you know, Barry, you know, I also Barry come up on announcements and stuff, but Barry is so passionate about bringing people to Jesus. He's got a concrete crew. And I said, man, we need unchurched people. He goes, I got them. <laughs> I got unchurched people. I said, okay, start inviting You sure? <laughs> you want you want these kind of people? Yeah, yeah, we want everybody. You know, they got to pull, start breathing. Yeah, we need Jesus, you know? And so he, he invites his crew out and, and if, I don't know if you Matt and Josh Voorhees, they started coming and, and serving and they actually painted the small trailer and they became a part of what we're doing. And it's like these people, their dad was in ministry. He was a music pastor at a church and they, they got burned. And they've been in church since they're teenagers. I thought, man, this is why our church is here. Because there's people that need Jesus and there's people that aren't going to church and there's people that need the cross in their life. There's the grace needs to be forgiveness. And their, their mom, his mom and their mom and their dad came up to us and said, man, we're gonna support you guys. They don't even go to our church. So we're gonna start giving you guys because I'm mean, so incredible that God is using their life. I mean, they're faithful to, to be behind the scenes. Not, they're so encouraged their family is following Jesus. Now, are they perfect? No. Are we perfect? No. But we're investing and inviting people that are far from God. I mean, can you imagine the, a bit, your business? Like, hey, you want to stay employed, come to church. No, I'm just kidding. He didn't do that. But I mean, sometimes you just got to get a little, yeah, there's going to be some tension here. Like, oh, I should invite my employees. Like, what if it's this and that? It's like, hey, we're going to invite people to Jesus. Anything short of sin. You know, I think of my wife, Diane. She invited her parents to our church. Her parents aren't Jesus followers. You know, they, they grew up in a different situation, got really burned out. Like, just kind of like, oh man, like we've served in church staff for 10 years and they don't come to church. You know what I mean? And so they said, hey, we'll come out, we'll, we'll support it. And so Diane's mom serves in the nursery, I mean, almost every week. Now I we got some rotation going on and she serves in our church. Now she comes to the gatherings like, you know, like what is Jesus thing going on here? Like, I'm gonna go back to hang out with my grandkid, you know? Like, I'm gonna go serve Jesus back over here. It's like, hey, you know what? God's gonna use it. 
You're gonna see your relationship. There's gonna be somebody that's gonna start praying for you. You're gonna see the love of God in your life and it's gonna happen. And so Diane's dad is so encouraging and he knows this, he would say this. He's actually said this in many time in our huddles. He's like, I'm the unchurched guy. I'm the unchurched guy. And he comes up, you know, I know him. He plays the bass every, every you know, switches on off of Dave Taylor. He rotates in and the dude doesn't know Jesus. We're crossing some lines. There's a lot of churches that would be, I would be a heretic to let somebody don't know Jesus on the stage to play a bass guitar. I'm just telling you, we're willing to cross some lines because I know if I get that guy in a situation where he's around the love of Jesus and around people that love Jesus, that just Jesus is gonna be on his face all the time. And people are gonna be like, hey, you know, there's a better way, there's a better way. And you know, a couple weeks ago, he goes, hey man, can you pray for me? Pray for you. Yeah. Jesus? No, no, it's about somebody else. Yeah. It's like, man, God just working people's lives. And so I encourage you to invite somebody out. You never know what God's gonna do. You know, we, we advertise, obviously we have like Google AdWords and different stuff. And of course you're gonna be like, you know, friendly church, healthy church, growing church, you know, like uh, churches near me, all this different stuff. We're like, hey, we're gonna reach people who need Jesus. So it's like naked women. <laughs> they type into Google and our ad pops up. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like na- poor real life church. God? I'm serious. You, you actually look at our click-throughs. It's the highest click-through. <laughs> it's where the world's at, right? We're going to do things that nobody's doing to reach people that no one's reaching. We're just going to change up the game. We're going to cross some lines. Like, we're going to try things that no one wants to do. And so we believe the church to be the most creative and innovative organization in the world. You go back a few hundred years and the church was the epicenter of creativity, right? It was the center of the cities. It drove the arts. It led the way in influencing the culture. And now people are shocked at the church when it changes something, right? Like, we never done that way before. You're right. We're gonna do it. The world has changed. Like, we didn't do it that way. Yeah, you're right. That's a dying word of a church. We're not gonna go on that standard. We're gonna go on standard of what's reaching people. And so somewhere along the way, we delegate all of our innovation basically to Apple, right? <laughs> and say, yeah, innovation out, right? And then we give our creativity to Hollywood and we told Facebook and all social media they can have our relationships. So we don't need to get into other groups and stuff around people. We got plenty, all this covered. And then the government comes in and just takes care of the poor and needy in our world. And all these things the church is ready and willing and equipped to do in the name of Jesus. And it can do and it should do. And so I believe that as a church, we need to stop going to church. Like we just need to stop coming. Like we need to start being the church. We need to start being the church. Like showing up, that's great, but being the church. Like you are the church. You, you, if you were the only person left in the world to follow Jesus, what would it look like? How many people would look like Jesus because of you? That has nothing to do with anybody else. Nothing to do about any pastor or any other experience you had in your life. It's like, dude, this is the gospel. This is what God's called me to do. Like I'm gonna live out the mission. Like I'm gonna be the church. I'm gonna live it out on Monday. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna be my leader to my family. I'm gonna do all I can to be what God's called me to be. I'm not gonna say no. I'm not gonna listen to naysayers. I'm not gonna listen to the voice out there don't believe in what I'm doing. I'm gonna follow the voice of God in my life. And so I encourage you to put that in your heart, to be the person that says, man, I'm gonna believe what God's called me to do because Jesus came for the sick, amen? He came for the sick. He didn't come for any some, some religious people. He came, he came for people who are the farthest away from God. That you would, If there's some in your life, you'd say, there's no way God's gonna move. That's where God's calling you to. He's calling you somewhere where it's totally impossible because only him that can do it. I mean, if this, this doesn't excite you, man, I, I don't know, your, your salvation, you know, you must've been saved from some small stuff. You know what I mean? Like I get excited about it because when you get to tell us about Jesus, when that youth kid gets saved, it, it changes his eternity. He changes the forever of forever of forever for that person. And so this is like, if anything we do rise a church, this is, needs to be it. Like we need to be bringing people who are far from God. It's so easy to come and bring your same friends, the same friends, that's cool. But we need to be spending time with people who don't know Jesus. 
Like invite them to dinner. Invite them to small group. Jack your small groups up, your life groups up. Just jack them up this week. Like bring people who don't know Jesus and we're gonna throw a curveball to all our leaders this week. You know what I'm saying? Like just bring them. They'll come out, you invite them. It's so easy to say, hey, come on with me. Oh, really? Food? Free food? Yeah, free food. Come on. It's gonna be terrible. You'll love it. No, just kidding. Just come on. You'll love it. You'll love it. God's gonna work. God's gonna change. God's gonna move you. And so this church will do anything short of sin to see people come to Christ. We're gonna break the rules. We're, we're gonna reach people who are in despair. And so we don't draw lines to keep people out. We cross lines to bring people in. God's calling us to church to help people discover real life and purpose in Jesus. This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.